Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, This month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbour, having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire, along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or cooked in water, but roast it over the fire, head, legs, and inner parts. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both men and animals. And I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is a day you are to commemorate. For the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. This is the word of the Lord. Shall we pray together? Father, we now come to your word. We thank you for this opportunity to worship you together, to sing your praise. And now from your word, we pray that you would speak to us. And beyond the sacred page, we seek the Lord Jesus. So make him real and precious to us, we pray in his name. Amen. Well, Debs, thank you very much for reading that passage. You read it great. You ought to. We need to get you recorded reading the whole Bible. That was beautifully read. Thank you. But what, what, what an amazing story and an incident that the Israelites would never forget. For 400 years, the nation of Israel was in Egypt. 
At first, of course, they'd been welcomed because Joseph had gone down there, and the brothers and the father, and uh, through Joseph's wisdom given from God, he had led to the sparing of the nation of, of, of Egypt. But new pharaohs had arisen and had forgotten all about Joseph, and slowly the screw was turned on the nation and things got worse and worse. They were made slaves and then eventually de- deprived of increasing numbers of privileges. And the cry went out from the nation of Israel for a deliverer. And God raised up Moses. I'm sure, if nothing else, most of us have seen the film The Prince of Egypt. And we'll know something about this little baby boy put in a basket. And eventually, of course, Years later, having been brought up in the palace, fleeing for his life. And then after 40 years in the wilderness, just looking after sheep, God speaks to him and sends him back to Egypt to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. But the Pharaoh would have none of it. And so God sent these plagues, one after the other, bringing about economic and social ruin to the nation of of Egypt. But still they hung on to the Israelites until this final plague The Israelites had to take a little lamb and for four days from the 10th day of the first month to the 14th day of the first month, the little lamb was to be part of the family. And you can imagine, it must have been wonderful, you know, really sweet to have a little lamb part of the family. And then, terribly, the lamb would die. Its blood would be shed and poured into a bowl. There was a little sort of brushy branch called a hyssop. The Israelites would gather around the table, they would eat for the last time in Egypt, and then they were to take the bowl and the blood and the hyssop and sprinkle the blood over the doorposts of their house. Because at midnight on the 14th day of the first month, God was going to come over all the land of Egypt and every firstborn son, from the Pharaoh in the palace to the prisoner in the dungeon, every firstborn son would die. But God said, When I see the blood over these Israelite houses, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Now, I want you to imagine, if you were the firstborn of an Israelite family, could you go to bed that night, the 14th day of the first month, knowing that God had sent, as he'd promised, all these plagues before? Could you go to bed that night feeling safe? Or would you think, hmm... I hope, I hope God spots the blood. I hope I'll be all right. I wonder if I'll wake up in the morning. Well, I want to say to you, do you know, if you were the firstborn of an Israelite family who were to go to bed or a mattress or whatever it was in those days, I want to say to you, you had more certainty of waking up the next morning than any other night in your life. God promised that the firstborn sons of every Israelite family would be safe. How could you be certain? Well, indeed, because of the promise of God, but, but because of the blood of the lamb. Take the blood, sprinkle it, and that blood will keep you somehow safe because of the promise of God. He said, when I see the blood, I will pass over. Not I may, all things being equal, if I feel in a good mood. No, 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 there's none of that with God. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And because of their act of faith. The Egyptians must have looked on and said, or maybe at least thought, these Israelites, they do do some strange things. What's all this blood on the doorposts? You know? and, and maybe even the Israelites thought, this is an odd thing to do. Blood on a doorpost? How is that going to keep us safe? 
But God said, sprinkle the blood, and when I see the blood, I will be, uh, you, you will be safe. I, I, I want you to just notice one little thing. I've stressed that it was God who went over the land. I was always brought up with the idea of an angel of death going over the land, but you never read of that in the Bible. It was God himself who went over the land. Well, that's a long time ago, and it's just an interesting incident for us, especially if we're not from a Jewish background. We look, and it's intriguing. But what about today? What, what's the relevance of all of this today? We all know, we may not dwell on it, though sometimes we're made to, we all know that one day, death will visit us. We, we don't relish the thought, we, we put it aside from our mind and our thinking most of the time, but once in a while, we think about death and we wonder, how will we die? What happens when we die? Is there any way that we can know that when death comes, we will be safe we will be all right. And the clear teaching of the Bible, not just here in this passage in Exodus chapter 12, but all the way through the scripture, the clear teaching is that yes, we can know that everything will be all right when we die. And how? Well, exactly the reasons that the firstborn of every Israelite family could know. First, because of the blood of the lamb. You say, well, what do you mean by that, Roger? That's an antiquated phrase. And it is in some ways. But I'm not talking about a, a, a little lamb that we might take or see in the fields. No. Do you remember John the Baptist was preaching? John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. And, and he was preaching. Crowds went to hear this wild sort of character preaching. And on two occasions... John stopped the flow of his message and he pointed at the Lord Jesus and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the Lamb of God. Why, why did John call Jesus the Lamb of God? Because the Lord Jesus Christ came into our world, yes, to live, to teach, to do amazing things, to reveal God to us, to communicate what God is like to us. But he came with the express mission of going to a cross and dying. And in his death, just, just like a, a little lamb was taken all those centuries earlier and, and the blood poured into a bowl and sprinkled, in his death, his blood, his blood was poured out as he paid the penalty for our sin. In Acts chapter 20, the blood of the Lord Jesus is called the blood of God. It's called in the Bible precious blood. It's blood that declares us just before God. In other words, our sins can be forgiven because Jesus' blood has been poured out. It's blood that redeems us, buys us back from our old life and brings us into a relationship with God. It's blood that saves us. The Bible teaches things like the blood of Jesus gives us power over the devil. And it can wash us and cleanse us from sin. And it's all speaking of the, of the fact that Jesus suffered and bled and died, bearing in his own body our wrongdoing and dying to take away the sting of death, which is sin. Why, why do we worry sometimes about dying? Because we know we've not been the people we ought to be. We thought, we said, we've spoken wrong. We, we have sinned. I, I may not be as bad as some, but I'm not as good as God created me to be. I need that sin forgiven. Don't we all? And Jesus has died to take it away. Can, can I know that all will be well 
when eventually I die? The answer is yes, because of the blood of the Lord Jesus, the blood of the Lamb. But secondly, like those Israelites of old, I I can know because of the promises of God. Now, I try to keep my promises, but I suppose I can go back and think, "Mm, I remember saying this, but I really intended to, but. But God is not like that. When God says something, he's God, he does it. He wouldn't say if it's if he didn't mean it. And he's not going to come and apologize as somebody we know did recently and say, oh, I should never have made that promise. No, 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 he's not like that. He has promised that if we confess our sins, he's faithful, he's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He has promised that whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. He's promised that whoever has the Son has life. He has promised that if we shall confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. He's made these promises. He, he, he's not a God who says, look, if you're good enough, then I might just reward you as a sort of Santa Claus character with some favour, some goodness. No, 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 no. He says, come to me as you are, trust me, and there will be full and free forgiveness, and I'll be with you through life, through death, and yes, into eternity. So we can know that all will be well when eventually we die because of the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus, because of the promise of God. And thirdly, Because of our act of faith. There does need to come that certainty. And very often it will be in a moment of time. Some of us look back and think, "Mm, I don't know quite that I, I remember a specific moment. But I do know that I've made my act of faith. That I am trusting in the Lord Jesus alone to save me. For me... Gareth was interviewing me. You know, asked me, how did you meet Jesus? For me, it was when I was 15. And for you... For Colonel Sanders, he was in his 70s. All his life he'd longed to know God and freedom from some of the things that gripped him. And in his 70s, he came to know Jesus Christ. And and, and for you? And I would, if I may this morning, really urge you to make sure, to be absolutely certain that you are trusting in In the finished work of Jesus, his death on the cross, his burial, his resurrection to save you. There is a story, this this isn't in the Bible, but it's a legend that is, is one of those Jewish legends that is a sort of attached to this incident that is in the Bible. There's a story about one particular family, and it was it was coming over to this this moment, Passover, as we call it. And um, a father and mother had twelve children. And gathered them all together for the final meal in Egypt before setting forth to the the promised land. And the father sat down with the family and explained everything that was going to happen. And yes, they'd they'd killed the little lamb. The blood was there in the bowl and the hyssop was there. And they prayed their final prayers. And they all were told, "You, you need to get a good night's sleep. We set off tomorrow. But the youngest little girl, says the legend, was really worried about her older brother. And she kept waking up and, and going across to, to her dad and shaking him, saying, Papa, Dad, are you, are you sure he'll be all right? Yes, he'll be all right. God has promised. And you go back to sleep, try and sleep. But there was too much going on in her mind. And she was so worried about her brother. And time and again, she, she, she went and awoke her father. And eventually, just before midnight, I have no idea how they knew it was just before midnight, but there we are. Just before midnight, she went and shook her dad. Oh, Daddy, are you sure? 
And he said, yes, I'm absolutely certain. God has promised. And I, Well, are you sure there's enough blood? Yes. <laughs> well, can we just go and have a look? All right. And so patient father got up and took the hand of his little girl and they sort of moved across all the, these sleeping bodies and went to the, the front door and however they unbolted it and, and he took his little girl and he said, now look, look, look. And as he looked up, there, there was no blood on the doorposts. And quickly he dropped the hand of his daughter he ran back to the table where, where there was still the bowl and the blood and the hyssop with no stain of blood on it at all. Somehow, in all the busyness and the bustle of getting everything ready, somehow he had forgotten the most important thing of all. He'd forgotten the blood. And quickly, just in the nick of time, he got the, got the hyssop and dipped it, dipped it in the bowl and, and sprinkled the blood. And of course, the legend says it was God that kept prompting the little girl, waking her up to go back and, and, and check with dad. But I would encourage us all to check... And to check, and to check again, and to be absolutely certain that we are relying on the blood of the Lamb. Not our own works, not our own efforts. We're relying on the blood of the Lamb. We're, we're, we're trusting in the promises of God to make sure that there has been that act of faith. Only then can we be certain that all will be well when eventually Death comes. Jesus has done it all. All religion outside of Jesus is actually self-righteousness. Jesus has done it all and we need to trust in him. Now, before I finish, can I quickly, in your mind's eye, sort of turn over the pages of history and the, the pages of the Bible. And I want you to come with me to the city of Rome 2,000 years ago. And we go to the city's dungeons, dreadful places. And we, we go to the chief prison officer. And we ask for permission to go and see one particular prisoner. And we're led. We have a flaming torch in our hand as we descend these dark, damp steps of this dungeon. Uh, and it, it's awful, the stench and the coldness. You feel it. And, and eventually we're taken to one particular one particular prison door and, and, and it's unbolted and your prisoner's in there, we're told. And we go in and we've got this torch and there is one old man in a corner. And, and, and yeah, it would be absolutely dreadful there, but we go up to him and we hold the flaming torch near him and he perhaps brushes his hair aside and, and we see this man incarcerated in this cell and we're expected to see a man filled with horror and terror. But no... There's joy, there's radiance, there's peace, there's gladness, there's hope written all over the expression of this old man's faith. Who is he? Well, he's Paul, Saul of Tarsus, dramatically converted on the road to Damascus 30 plus years earlier. The man who'd gone all over the then known world proclaiming the gospel. And now he's in prison, probably about to be burned as a sort of human torch in Nero's garden. We're not sure, but probably facing death and we look at him and we say Paul old man are you, are you not worried about the terrors of death and what might happen and with a sort of smile on his face he says oh no 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 the, the time of my departure 
is at hand. He doesn't even call it death. It's as if he's taken the word death and he's thrown it onto the, the floor of his cell and he's trampled it underfoot. He doesn't call it at the time of my departure. Is it had? Well, well, how can you be so joyful? How can you be so certain that all will be well? Because of the blood of the Lamb. 30 years earlier on the road to Damascus, he had trusted Jesus Christ and found him to be all in all. He'd found forgiveness and new life, not through the works of the law, but through the finished work of Jesus. Because of the promises of God, he'd he'd trusted in what Jesus had done and the promises that as he believed, he would be saved. There had been that definite act of faith. And I ask you now, years later, is this you as well? Clearly, we don't relish the process of dying. But the Christian feels, oh, absent from the body, is is present with the Lord. To be with Christ, which is far better. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Blessed because their sins are forgiven and they're with Christ. And to be with him gives such joy to the heart of every real believer. Have you ever... Ask Jesus Christ to become your Lord and Saviour. Are you relying on him? I'll never forget my uncle in the Lebanon. He said, Roger, have you trusted Jesus like this? I said, well, no, I haven't. And he said, well, would you like to? And as I said earlier, I thought if he loved me enough to die for me, I need to trust him. And that day I prayed a prayer. He prayed a sentence, I repeated it. And you know, it was like the hinge which changed the whole direction of my life. It, it, it brought me to know God, whom to know, the Bible says, he's life eternal. And before handing back to Gareth, we're going to have our last hymn in a moment. I'd like to pray a prayer very similar to the one that I prayed. A, a prayer of saying, yes, I'm going to trust in the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus I'm resting on the promises of God. I'm making my act of faith. And I'm going to invite, I'm I'm going to really urge you to pray it with me if you've never prayed like this before. I'm going to encourage you just to repeat the words with me in your mind and heart, not out loud, but in your mind and heart to God who promises to hear and to answer. And then if I may, I'll just ask you to do one other thing. If you pray with me, I'll be in the foyer at the end and then perhaps across the way for the coffee. Would you just come to me and just give me your name and address? Not not email address, just your ordinary snail mail address. Just give it to me as a sort of saying, Roger, I prayed with you. And tomorrow I'd like to write to you. And I'll send you some booklets and um, just to help you to start to go on and grow as a Christian. I won't come knocking on your door. Don't worry, I won't pester you. But... I'll just drop you a little note and that'll be all you'll hear from me unless you want to hear more. Um, but I won't write to you again. But I'd just like to send you some stuff that I think would be of, of help. But I would urge you to pray with me and say, yes, this is my moment. This is when I'm going to trust in what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. Let's pray. I'll pray this prayer slowly so you can make it your own. Dear God, you know everything there is to know about me. I am sorry for my sin. With your help, I want to turn from it. Thank you that Jesus died for me. Please forgive me. Come and live within me 
Become my Lord, my Saviour, my friend. Help me to follow you. Thank you for hearing this prayer, which I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you prayed, please just give me your name and address. That's all. I'll drop you a little note tomorrow. But Gareth's going to lead the final part of the service. Thank you.